0: Hello, friend
1: hello hello how's it going
0: i'm good i'm having a very productive day
1: yes yeah we should talk about that what me being early
0: yeah, to recording
1: be- being yeah not rolling out of bed right to
0: record yeah and it's so funny too that i used to do that t- used to like I'm not gonna fucking end up doing it next week but that I do (laughs) I did that to you because I have such perpetual anxiety of being late to things that I end up showing up like 15 minutes early but like because it's like a work from home situation I'm like ah it's right there I'm not going anywhere you know (laughs) like right whereas at physical therapy I show up 15 minutes early because I'm like oh my god I don't want to be like stuck in traffic even though it's like five minutes from my house like yeah but yes, no, I I went to the gym this morning, so that's why I was up and at 'em, and also full of energy. It. How how's your day going? It's good. I also went to the gym this morning. Um, Two active bitches, one that's a gimp, and one
1: that's <laughs> not. Yeah, so I I got to the gym, I, I did my workout, and then I went to Target because Target is right by the gym.
0: But that's so funny that we both went to Target in the gym, because I, too, went to Target before oh I went to the gym. Oh, my gosh. Target haul, what did you get? Um, I actually ordered it last night. so Oh, so it's a pickup. Yes. I don't do going into stores anymore. My COVID anxiety is at an all-time high, so I prefer to order it online and sit in my car and have them bring it to me, like the princess that I am. Well, there's a lot more people
1: where you are. Yeah. So, like understandably so. Yeah. There was about five people in my target, so. Oh, must
0: be nice. The target yeah. parking lot where I am was fucking packed, and it was 8 o'clock, 8.30 in the morning. Right. But anyway, I ordered it last night, because I start- so, preface, because of what's going on with my foot, I can't actually, like, quote-unquote, work out, like, I can't use equipment or anything like that. Um So, right. I've been swimming as a way to, like, hydrotherapy for my foot, and great upper body workout for me, because- I'm just using my arms. I'm really trying to dead myself. A future and Katie
1: Ledecky is in our midst.
0: Yes. The Costco the version, queen. Walmart version. <laughs> but I went yesterday, and my dumbass didn't bring goggles with me. Oh, so no. I was, like, underwater, and, like, my oh, eyes no. were, like, burning by the end of it. So last right. night, I ordered goggles from Target. My dad wanted trail mix, so I got him his trail mix. Oh, and so nice. Like a uh, a specific gym towel, so I'm not using mm-hmm. like all of like our nice bath towels. Right. Um and because of that, I have to pose a question to Speedo, who makes my goggles. Yes. What prescription did you put on the lens of those goggles? Because my eyesight has never been clearer. <laughs> oh, Even my above goodness. water. It was just like a whole new world. Like colors were brighter. The birds were singing. Like, what <laughs> did you put in these goggles? Oh, my gosh. Speedo, please DM me. I want to know. Anyway, <laughs> what did you get at Target?
1: So I went in specifically to get some water, and, like spark- sparkling water, seltzer water, and to get Babybel cheese.
0: <laughs> oh, you bougie bitch. She got the single cheeses.
1: Yes, because I like them because they're just easy to grab, and then I yeah. can just, you know, and they're already portioned out because I'm lazy.
0: Yes, so, we
1: love think smarter, not harder, folks. Exactly. So, unfortunately, they did not have the Babybel cheeses. Sue so them. The, the ones that I like. And they had, so I get the um blue ones or the red ones, and they didn't have any blue ones, and the red ones, it was like a 20-pack, and I was like, I only need like five of these. <laughs> Like if I, buy 20, no one else in my house eats them. So they're just going to sit here until I come back in October. Ew, so, no. Yeah. Cause like no one will eat them. So I was, I just ended up getting, they had mini string cheeses. So I was like, well, that's easy enough. Good enough. You know, right. So I bought some of those. Um, I bought this t-shirt cause I thought it was so cute. That it has is smoky, really cute. It says, has Smokey the Bear on it and it says Smokey on the back
0: yes I actually love that that's really cute I thought it was like some Slytherin merch I was like I did not know you were Slytherin but
1: no I, that's because I'm not <laughs> but I do love green I think the color green is very pretty but yes. um and then I got some snacks I got some like cheddar uh cheese puffs and these like cri- like crisp things so yummy yummy yeah But should we, should we, I know we're kind of rambling here, but should I detail my adventure um, on Monday that I had to text you about? Um, Yes, please. Okay. Because I was like
0: all time high anxiety. Yeah. With this adventure.
1: (laughs) Right. So on Monday, my, my mother had to go in for a procedure and it was a very short procedure. It took two hours altogether from like when she went in till when she came out. So the procedure itself probably only lasted 45 minutes. And so I had already gone out and driven her there for this procedure. And it's about 35, 40 minutes from my house. We had gotten back at 9 o'clock, 9.30 maybe. In the morning. In the morning, yeah, to preface that. In the morning, So, which was fine. I start work at 9, but I logged in and I can usually – like. I'll be okay for the first 30 minutes to an hour cause people are just getting started with their day. You know, Yeah. No, no worries. Um, so I'm like, we get back, I'm working on my laptop. My mom is can finally eat cause she couldn't eat for the day before. And my doorbell rings and I answer it and it's my neighbor from down the street who I find very creepy. Like he just gives me such bad vibes. I do not like this man. I don't like talking to this man. I try to avoid him whenever we possible. We try to avoid
0: men whenever we can, so that's fair. That's
1: true. Yeah, this guy walks down our street without shoes on.
0: Oh, hell no. Like, that, I know so you're in the boonies,
1: like, but that's weird. No, it's very weird. And, like... He walks his dog without a leash, which is, like, fine on our street. Other people do that. But his dog should not be walking without a leash because it's a bad dog. Like, it doesn't listen. He didn't train it right. So, um, he knocks on the door or rings the doorbell. I go and answer it. And he's like, is your dad home? I was like, no. And he's like, which is not unusual. I didn't recognize that it was this neighbor because I always just see him from afar and avoid him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, people will come to my door From the street and ask for my dad semi frequently because, you know, whatever. So he's like, Well, is your mom home? I was like, Yeah, one second. So I come and get her. And he's like, Oh, well, I have cancer and I need to make this appointment, but my car is broken. But I really need to make this appointment. It's like very important. And my mom's like, Well, I can't drive you because I just had a procedure done today. But my daughter can drive you and I'll come like I'll come along. And this man turns out he needed us to drive forty-five minutes away for this appointment. Did he pay and so ga-
0: pay for your gas? No. Piece of shit. Set his house on fire. I'm a terrible person if you guys haven't figured that out by now. So I texted
1: Francesca and I was like, so my like weirdo neighbor, creepy neighbor, just came by my house. And asked me and my mom to drive him to his doctor's appointment. Um, you know what to do. <laughs> and then sent her his address. And so I'm not kidding. I literally brought pepper spray and a knife with me to drive As this man should. to his doctor's appointment. And it was very uncomfortable. I'm so glad my mom was home because she wouldn't have usually been home. And I would have had to like make up some excuse why I couldn't drive him.
0: Um, you have a job and you have to work.
1: I probably would have said like I had a meeting soon,
0: but yeah. So um yeah, this is Bookaholics Anonymous. I was just thinking that I'm Francesca. Yeah,
1: I'm Alicia, and we remembered. We, we almost forgot,
0: but we did it.
1: What are, are I'm drinking um a Bud Light seltzer. Ooh, what do you think? What is it? it? It's pretty good. I um had, I had the it's like a lemonade one. It was raspberry lemonade, and it was really good. This one is an iced tea. It's apple flavored. So.
0: Oh, that's interesting. It's I very fall. I chugged. Um, we had family over two weeks ago. Right. I think I told you about this. Yes. Maybe not. Yep. Yes. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> and one of my cousins is sober. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. Good for him. That's awesome. Um, But I can't be around my family without drinking and maybe you think that's a problem but mind your business so my sister my brother-in-law and myself um all grabbed some sort of alcohol from our downstairs refrigerator because we're the white people that have a refrigerator refrigerator downstairs specifically for drinks we have one in the garage yep and we scurried into my room which is like in the front of the house where like nobody really goes and we all stood in, in a circle and chugged as fast as we could so I chugged, th- this is all to say I chugged a Bud Light seltzer blueberry, like a blueberry Bud Light seltzer. Yeah. It was so fucking gross, but I was just like, I fucking need this. I can't, I can't. And then I went back downstairs and yeah. got one and put it in my water bottle, like my yeah. opaque one, so right. no one would know I was drinking it while I was walking around. Right. It was really smart of right. me. I was really proud of myself. But then all of my <laughs> water for a week tasted like that shit and it was so gross. That was really smart.
1: I'm so proud of myself. <laughs>
0: was and awesome. my brother in law was like, I've never seen you drink water like that before. I was like, because it's not. <laughs> and he's like, wow. okay, exposed. like, Are alcoholic? I was like, Fuck all the way off. I'm not.
1: Sometimes you just need to not be sober. Sometimes
0: to deal there with are things. situations where your family is the reason you drink. <laughs> um, but anywho, do we want to get started? I think so. I think we Sorry, should. Sorry, my British accent might come out a little bit this episode. Um, oh, boy. I've been watching a lot of Ted Lasso.
1: Yeah, I'm going to wa- start it after I we finish recording. Someone, so.
0: If any of our listeners, anyone watches it, please DM please, us. I have literally. so much to say. I have to talk to somebody about it. My physical therapist has literally told me to stop talking sometimes because I bring it up all the time because <laughs> my physical therapist <laughs> looks like Jason Sudeikis. And so every time I'm there, I'm like, yeah, well, on Ted Lasso, he's like, can you shut the f- like, what is with you in the show? And I was like, you don't understand, it's so good. So my British accent might come out a little bit, <laughs>
1: but yeah. So this week I was supposed to do Return of the King, the last Lord of the Rings book. I did not do that book. <laughs> Ooh. I just couldn't get she myself said, Fuck your like,
0: expectations. I-
1: I couldn't bring myself to read it. Like, I just was not in the mood for it. So instead, I read a book that I think Francesca would probably read. And it's Verity by Colleen Hoover. Ooh, That's I want to read
0: that. Ooh, yeah. my Long Island mom just came out a little bit in that. Sorry. Ooh, scary. So, uh, you're telling me. But,
1: yeah, so I decided we'll do we'll do a, a thriller. And wow was this book quite something this is the most fucked up book i've ever read i think
0: is it fiction?
1: yeah it's fiction it's not even real but it's it's quite the book so i'm just gonna say right here um there's all the trigger warnings all of them like any trigger warning you can think of is in this book
0: that's fun i'm sorry if like things trigger you but i love that shit
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know you do But, like, I don't want to list them all here because it will give away plot points. And I, like, I know you're going to be fine because we both listen to the same podcasts. So, (laughs) but, yeah, if you haven't read this book and you're like, I'll just listen to this episode and you have, like, you're easily triggered or have some triggers, I would go look them up before listening to this episode because, wow, They are all in here. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to start off first by saying this book is dedicated to Taryn Fisher.
0: Yes! Yeah! I was like, wow. It's fate. You know what I just realized? I never said what I was drinking. We just talked about what you were drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm just drinking my grapefruit beer as always. So go ahead. as per usual. So this book takes place in
1: New York City a little bit, like in the very beginning, and then moves to Vermont, and which I appreciate because I feel like sometimes when the books are set in New York City, I just read another one by Christina Lauren that was set in New York City. I was like, I don't know, Chief. Some of this doesn't feel like
0: it. Doesn't feel like it was written by someone that's been to New York.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um, our book starts off with our main character named Loen Ashley. And Ashley, the last name is spelt like Lee at the end is like L-E-I-G-H.
0: Oh, like the white girl spelling? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know why I had to specify that, but I just felt like it was necessary. <laughs> so she's making her way in Manhattan. And suddenly as she's crossing the street... A man gets hit by a truck and the blood of this guy getting hit by the truck splashes onto her. Oh, fuck no. What kind of Law and Order SVU episode is this? Yeah, literally. So we're starting off strong here. So as she's kind of like stunned and being like, what the fuck just happened? this guy who was like a passerby comes by and helps her into the nearest coffee shop to help clean her up. Which I find, I don't think this would happen. No New Yorker would ever do that.
0: <laughs> that's the most unrealistic part of this book.
1: I think that's the, the most unrealistic part. Like, we would all just walk by and be also like, that's none of my business. Also, a woman
0: that trusts a man. That's pretty unrealistic, too. <laughs> like a Mood. stranger she just met. Mm-mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, she, he, he helps her into the nearest coffee shop that's nondescript and no name. But we all know is Starbucks, <laughs> <laughs> and like starts helping her clean up, and she's obviously covered in blood, and he offers her his like button down shirt, since hers is. I thought this was a thriller, in
0: not a rom com.
1: Yeah, I was like, I don't know about that one, Chief.
0: This seems but... like a Jordan Peele rom com, <laughs> where it's like kind of horror, but like. Yes. Yeah, That's a really good way to describe this book, for sure. But it has a little bit
1: of spice. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of spice in this book, Ooh. let me tell you. Yeah. So they get to talking a little bit, and we find out this guy's name is Jeremy, and he tells her that his eight-year-old daughter has just drowned in a lake about five months ago. And so, because they're talking about the trauma of just witnessing this guy dying in the middle of the street... And he's like, Yeah, I'm I'm kinda just not in shock because I just went through this other traumatic thing. And so in response, Loen says, Yeah, well, I also feel the same way because my mother just died of cancer last week.
0: Oh my god, this poor girl, is she in therapy? She
1: no. She should be. Of course not.
0: They never are. They never are.
1: So as they kind of clean up and part ways, Lowen notices that he's got like a wedding ring on and she's like, Damn, he was so hot and we kind of clicked. <laughs> But oh well. <laughs> so, Loan then heads off to her meeting, which is where she was going before this guy got hit. And... Like,
0: she got a cute little side of blush, extra layer of blush put on her yeah, face.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so she heads to meet up with Corey, who is our, her literary agent. And he Corey is also her ex.
0: I'm sorry. Another novel about a writer can people I'm sorry can people just get creative I feel like every writer makes their main character love books no no
1: no this the writing part is crucial to the the story
0: okay it's crucial
1: it's like the main plot point okay but what I have a problem with why are these people why are you hooking up with your with your client
0: and why are you
1: why are you hooking up with your agent like that just seems like an HR nightmare (laughs) Right? <laughs> yeah. I, like Because Lowen is 31, going to be 32, so I assume Corey is about the same age. You are both adults. Why are you hooking up with people you work with? That is such a no-no. Right? It's very scandalous. And so she goes to meet up with him at this place called Pantom Press that she has this meeting set up with. She has no clue what it's about because Corey didn't tell her. Of course. course. So as she's heading up to the office, Jeremy is in the elevator with her. So she runs into him again. And he's like, oh, hey, are you going up to the same floor as me? And she's like, yeah, for a pantom Press. And he's like, oh, yeah, me too. My wife is a writer. And they figure out that they're going to the same meeting. Of course, we love a meet cute.
0: This is literally (laughs) just like a horror rom-com. That's
1: such oh, yeah. an interesting blend. So, yeah. So then they kind of part ways because Jeremy's going to go off to meet up with his people for this meeting and Lowen has to go find Corey. So Corey finally shows up and Lowen is very salty about, about it because about Corey just in general, because he's not reached out since they're like split and her mom just died. And he, he doesn't even ask about her mom when he sees her and she he tells him, yeah, my mom died last week. She's very salty about it. Rightfully. Right. So, yeah, in the beginning of this book, I, like, very much was, like, Corey is, like, low-key kind of an asshole. But um, we actually don't really see much of Corey after, like, the first couple chapters. So I can't confirm. So he's, like, a
0: throwaway. Yeah.
1: But he... So as she's telling Corey about how her mom passed away, he offers to connect Lowen with their lawyer for the agency that he's he's, like, at Mm -hmm. to help her with, with the will and stuff, and Lowen's like, no, that's really not necessary, my mom left me nothing but medical debt, and we find out Lowen's mom lied to her for, like, three years, telling her that she had enough money to cover all of the costs, and that she would be fine after, like, she passed away, but all she was doing was racking up this medical debt, and she couldn't, she did not have any money.
0: Well, That is
1: so shitty right yes like you just lie to your daughter and leave her with this huge burden
0: i Uh, have nothing to say about that that is just stone cold bitch
1: right so loan is obviously super stressed about her current financial situation and is hoping to be offered a renewal a contract renewal at this publisher Because her last publisher does it, like, kind of dropped her because she hasn't written anything in a couple years because she was dealing with her mom. And Corey says that this publisher is not, like, looking for a contract renewal, like, not looking for a new contract. It's Mm -hmm. something different, but it's, like, something crazy. So they then begin the meeting. Jeremy comes in with the lawyer for the press, the Pantom Press and then the editor. And the editor explains that one of their authors isn't able to fulfill the, their side of the contract because they are incapacitated.
0: That's it's suspicious.
1: Ob- it's obviously Jeremy's wife, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which is why he's there. So they're looking for a writer to complete the three remaining books in her series. Okay. So the thing is, though, they... The They want her to basically do all the press for it and stuff because the author is not going to be able to do that because she is incapacitated. Um, the Can you explain
0: what it is that she's like?
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. we get into that. So the author's name is Verity Crawford, Jeremy's wife, and she's a very well-known writer. Lowen actually remarks that she recognizes the name but has never read any of her books. Mm-hmm. So this press is offering Lowen 75k per book, no royalties, and that's to be completed in two years time. So 24 months, which is very, very fast turnaround for three books.
0: Yeah. And no royalties? Mm Mm-mm.
1: Yeah. Well, it's a flat fee because obviously they're trying to not let people know that Verity isn't actually writing these books. So it's like a step up from Ghostwriter because at least your name is going to be on the book yeah, which I'm um I guess th- if something like this happened to like a well-known like Stephen King or James Patterson or J.K. Rowling, people would know that she had a horrible accident, because I was like, why wouldn't they just go with a ghostwriter in the first place? <laughs> so Lowen does some quick math, and after her agent's cut in taxes, it would leave her with like a little less than a 100 K total for the two years, which means she'd get about 50 grand. Per year after taxes which is mm-hmm. which is decent it's okay but not fantastic i mean you can live on that in new york city but not for long it's it's a it's a tight budget so this along with the publicity clause lowen declines the offer she hates publicity she's like kind of a re- recluse like fair. she doesn't like talking to people right
0: fair me too
1: <laughs> right so Jeremy asks to talk to Lowen alone and tells her about his wife and, and says that she had a car accident. And so she just had a car accident. They lost their one daughter who drowned and then they lost their other daughter before that daughter, they were twins to an allergic reaction. So they've had two daughters die. And then the, the mom had this horrible accident.
0: That's a lot to unpack.
1: And also, yeah. can we just
0: appreciate that, like, she just saw this man literally killed in front of her. She wasn't questioned by the cops. She was immediately taken away from the scene.
1: There she were did, so
0: many steps missing.
1: Did, they did mention that she goes back and gives a statement to the police. Okay. But I just felt so like was that like, wasn't really necessary. Yeah, no, to well,
0: for me, I'm just mentioned. like, there are a lot of missing steps here. She definitely should not have left. But that's also just the... A criminal mind watcher in me, but also she's also just, just
1: very New York of her to be like, uh... Mm, this isn't my yeah, that's not my business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I got I somewhere down, to be. My eyes closed, what I didn't see anything <laughs> exactly, um, but again, just like her, for, for her to be able to see that and then just walk into a meeting and be like, focus, props. I could never. Yeah, but yeah, I'm a different breed, I guess.
1: The denial is like the. Ch- just very strong i guess so he, jeremy also tells lowen that her book was one of verity's favorites and that he oh, that he said that she told him that they had very similar writing styles so that's why he specifically requested lowen for this project because she's not a very high profile author so she's like why where did you people even get my name from yeah he tells Lowen to take the job, and that he should that she should press them to offer half a million for three books, and that she can decline publicity. So that's what Lowen does, and Lowen gets it. So Lowen's getting half a mil for three books and doesn't have to do any publicity.
0: That's nice. Can I just say, this is what you get when you talk about your salary with your coworkers.
1: You Literally. band together
0: and you get more money.
1: Right. So if anyone's ever telling you not to discuss um,
0: Money? your salary with coworkers, that it's taste, that's taste. just red flag because they want friends. you to keep being paid dirt for nothing, right?
1: So Corey and Lowen go back to her apartment to celebrate with some champagne. <clears throat> this deal, because obviously Corey's getting a cut too. And when they get back to her apartment, Loen gets sees a eviction notice on her door. So that's oh, great. Fuck. Right. So they are talking about this deal. She's going to head over to Vermont to the Crawford's house on Sunday and is going to go through all of Verity's notes in order to help her write this, this, these books, the rest of the series. Corey thinks it's kind of odd that Jeremy invited Lohan to stay in their house. And is especially worried because this family just seems like they have a lot of bad luck going around currently. So he's like, mm, I don't know about this one chief. So Lowen is like, it's going to be fine. Like it is a little weird, but I guess it makes sense. Cause I got to go through her stuff to know how to write this book. Like,
0: can I make my I- first prediction?
1: Yes. I have one soon. So yes.
0: Um, I think Jeremy killed both of his daughters and is the reason his wife is incapacitated and she's next. And because she's trusting a stranger, She's going to be the final girl and take him out, but trust your instincts. Don't fucking go. Just saying.
1: So I'm trying to find where I wrote it, but my first prediction in here is that Jeremy like did it like that Jeremy incapacitated his wife. I can't find it, but I'm sure it'll come up here soon.
0: So what you're saying now, basically by you telling me that he didn't do it.
1: Well, that is my, that's my, I wrote it down oh, in my okay. notes. Okay. I have, like, I have a couple predictions. I have, like, three, I think, throughout the book. So Lowen did some online sleuthing and was like, I ain't going to this house without knowing what went down with these children and yeah. Verity's action. Uh, Verity, Verity's car accident. So Lowen goes online and finds out that one of the daughters died of allergic reaction when she was away at a sleepover and the other one drowned in the lake behind their house. Verity got into a car wreck after hitting a tree and apparently it's like a cut it's a little suspicious because there were no skid marks so it's like floated out there that perhaps she did it on purpose because she did like it on was purpose de- or
0: someone cut her fucking brakes
1: because she's like depressed you know that's like the implication at least which i was like mm, i don't know about that one It seems like sus, um, but it is to note that there were no skid marks
0: I think, like, there's been research done, and, like, I'm sorry if this is triggering to anyone, but I think there's research that's been done that shows that women commit murder and suicide very differently than men. Like, they often go for less bloody options. So, like, pills, poisoning, suffocation, things like that. Right. So, I don't know. Seems pretty sketch. But then again, that's what Lori did in defending Jacob. So. <laughs>
1: So it's a six-hour drive to Vermont, and on the way, Lowen listens to Verity's first book on audiobook, and it's like really good. Lowen is definitely very intimidated by taking this project on now because the series is very well done. Mm-hmm. She gets there, and there's like a kid there immediately, like upon her getting there, she is greeted by this kid and. I was like a creepy kid. Absolutely not. Also, this is the first time we're learning that they have a third kid.
0: I thought it was gonna be the ghost of one of their daughters. That's no, it's a old. it's a boy. Mm. That would have been fun no. though if you put on a wig and pretend to be a sister, is, <laughs> fuck with the new girl.
1: I also thought it was a ghost at first because I was like, what the fuck? Because they don't. There's no mention of a third kid before this moment, so I was like, uh, what's going on?
0: Yeah, so, that is a little
1: weird, right? So she get, goes up to the house, rings the doorbell. Jeremy doesn't answer, probably because the house is so fucking huge. Mm-hmm. From the way it's described, it sounds like a mansion. And so she texts him, and Jeremy gets to the door, lets her in, and, and kind of starts giving her the tour. They put Loan in the master bedroom, because they have now all moved upstairs, because that's where Cruz Room is, who is the, the son that she, okay. we met two seconds ago. Because Crew has obviously been having some issues after all the trauma that he's endured mm-hmm. and doesn't want to sleep alone.
0: Is he older or younger than the two girls that died?
1: Younger. He's okay. only five. The okay. daughters were eight. So Okay. So they give Loan the master bedroom, which has like an ensuite ba- bathroom and also is like right close to Verity's office. Okay. So that's the other reason they give her the bedroom. Lowen finds this like a little weird to be Rightly. sleeping in their bed. Yeah, understandably. So
0: is Verity in the hospital or is she in like home care?
1: No, Verity is home. So we're about okay. to meet her. So the, Jeremy goes to introduce Lowen to Verity and Verity's nurse and introduces her as her pen name Laura Chase because she doesn't want to be uh, like her author name to be attached to this project. She mm-hmm. wants to be kind of anonymous. And when Lowen finally sees Verity, she is shocked to see just how incapacitated she is. She seems to have no recollo- like no awareness of what's going on around her. She's kind of like dead-eyed, you know, like mm-hmm. she's just ben blankly chaders, stares. Kind of? Yeah, exactly. So They, you know, meet Verity and the nurse. April says some really weird shit. Like, she, like, makes a comment about how young April... Or, sorry, how young Laura Laura Chase um, Lowen is. And I'm like, wow, that's very passive-aggressive. I don't know what that's about, but...
0: How old is Jeremy supposed to be?
1: Jeremy, I think, is supposed to be in his mid to upper 30s. Like, they're not that far in age, I don't think. Okay. Like, it's not like a, you know creepy age gap if yeah. you know what I mean she is 31 so I think he's probably about 36 maybe 37
0: okay
1: so Lohan goes back to Verity's office and sees like a stack of books papers strewn everywhere on one shelf for the completed novels and Verity's book series which is called the noble virtues which each of them is focused on a different virtue and the remaining three books left Our our Courage, Truth, and Honor. Now, I only finished this book on Thursday, but I'm sure this ties into everything that goes on in this book. I can't tell you how currently, because I've not analyzed it yet in my mind enough. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the reason she mentioned it was because it it ties into the book, but I'm too stupid to figure it out. so. (laughs) (laughs) So I found the note. My first prediction is that Jeremy is drugging Verity.
0: Ooh. she's
1: she's like just like there and kind of comatose but it's like i just don't know i like a, i just have a feeling that he's like drugging her
0: that would be so bad but like such a good twist right so like, like she mm. she like was in this accident you know she was incapacitated for a little while and he like right. enjoyed her not being around so right. when she started to come out of it he started drugging her right Ooh. that's my first prediction
1: so, Lowen going through Verity's work, finds this manuscript entitled So Be It, which is clearly Verity's autobiography. Don't read it. Don't read it. So, she starts reading mean? it. She starts reading it. And she I goes right in. Okay,
0: maybe. Maybe I am this girl. Because I would too. <laughs> I we, when we were cleaning up my grandmother's house, my mom and yeah. my grandma's old diaries. Oh boy. And I was like, oh my God, like, where are they? I want to read them. And my mom's like, I, as soon as I found them, I threw them out. And I was like, why would you do that? Why would you what? do that? And my mom's like, that's her personal information, her own thoughts and feelings. And my grandmother was okay, very but religious. but she's dead now. Yeah, exactly. And my grandmother was very religious. And my mom's like, I opened one page. And the first line I read was, Denise and I are having a really hard time. Lord, give me the strength to get through this. <laughs> Which is literally about my mother. And my mom's like, as soon as I read that, I closed the book. And I just threw them all out. And I was like, why would you do that?
1: No. Uh, yeah, that would make me so mad.
0: Yeah. She's like, I threw out all of their marriage counseling stuff. I was like, they were in marriage counseling? Yeah. So oh,
1: my there. gosh. The tea you could have got.
0: Yes. Uh, she really so. could I could have been fed for months. <laughs>
1: Think about the book you could have written,
0: based yes, on,
1: exactly, Ugh, so rude. I so, could have
0: been a millionaire, and she could have shared in that, but she chose to fuck me over. So she chose violence. Yeah, literally.
1: So we start off this book. Uh, we start off this book with Verity meeting Jeremy at this swanky charity event, which Verity went to only to hook up with hot finance. Bros, that are rich. okay maybe
0: i'm verity actually i think it makes more sense that i'm verity i think you're a mix of
1: both honestly i think
0: because i am such a screw-up that i think at some point in my life i might end up in a comatose state for at <laughs> least a day or two but also that line just gives me the sense that i might just be her
1: yeah, so she goes to this charity event because she's like, obviously no one's no one here is poor. You don't go to a charity event <laughs> poor.
0: Duh. Yeah, nope, I am definitely her. But yeah. this is before, Um, what's our main character's name? Laurel? Lowen. Lowen? Lowen. This is before she sees that guy get hit by the car, right?
1: No, this is after.
0: Okay, you said this is when um, Verity and Jeremy met. And you said yeah. at the start of the book. So I wasn't sure if that was pre- what?
1: You said the start of the autobiography.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that it's a book in a book. I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she, so she's yeah, going to this charity event because she's like, obviously they're all gonna be rich, hot finance bros, and I'm gonna fuck them all.
0: So <laughs> Damn. she
1: she walks in, downs like two Moscow mules right off the bat, and after my own heart. Right, and instantly catches Jeremy's eye. And Jeremy... Oh,
0: he was a finance bro. Jeremy
1: comes over and cuts her off and is like, ma'am, you've already had, like, three drinks. Because <clears throat> she was working on her third at this time. And, like, I'm cutting you off. And she's like, what the fuck? You can't do that. That's, like, I'm my own person. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm cutting you off because I want you to be, like, coherent enough to give me consent that we can fuck. So... Oh! Yeah, and Verity's wearing this, t- like swanky, tight, red dress that she stole from Macy's. And she I goes on see. about how great it looks and how she knew she was picking up men that night.
0: Also, so, imagine being, like, her son reading this, like, 10, 15 years down the line and being like, yeah. ew, 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 I do not want to know how have, like my parents fucked."
1: <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so they go out to a limo and slide into the back where Jeremy admits that he is not hot dog he is a peon who is just starting out he didn't even this isn't his limo that they're in he drove his Honda Civic to this event and didn't even use the valet because he was too like he didn't want to spend the money for it so so right there plan backfired right there Verity but it's okay Verity admits that she stole this invite out of the trash at her cleaning job so they're both kind of like out of place here
0: yeah. So but that also is a sign that he's a good liar,
1: right? Exactly. So when the driver returns of the limo, they get chased out of there and go back to his Honda and have sex in the back seat. Mm-hmm. They go for a quickie. How old
0: are they? Twenty three. Like,
1: yeah, So Verity's twenty two. Jeremy's twenty seven at this point. Oh, okay. So. This uh, spurs their love affair, their marriage, their relationship, because the next three days they don't leave his apartment and fall fall for each other quickly. Verity ends the chapter by saying that she was the most important thing to him until he discovered the one thing that meant more to him than she did. Money.
0: What was it? They don't say yet. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say money. (coughs) Call your husband out
1: filthy grubby money. So Lowen decides to take, to take a break and grab some pizza and with Jeremy. And she asks him about Verity and the accident. And he says that she was injured not too long after Harper died. And after being put into a medically induced coma and then doing some rehab, she came home a few weeks prior to Lowen coming over. So, Loan's like, all right, interesting. I'm going to go back and read this autobiography that's wild. And so in the next chapter of the autobiography, we find out that this is now two years later. Verity and Jeremy are happily living together. And I believe they get into like a fight because Verity basically moves in without saying anything. (laughs) And he like... They very much are a couple who likes to fix things with sex and not talk about it. So that's great. Um, So he basically proposes her moving in after sex and Verity's like, I already live here and he kind of gets like mad at that cuz it's very clear that she did it on purpose and like just didn't say anything and i'm like you know <sighs> it is kind of valid that he's mad because you can't just move in with someone yeah. like you have to kind of talk about that but they have sex again and that fixes everything so <laughs> so jeremy has to go to la for work for a couple months and obviously verity has horrible attachment issues and they're very codependent and so she starts feeling, just you know, not great. So this mm-hmm. is when she starts writing to pass the time. And a few months later, as Jeremy is returning home, she's finishing her first book. Okay. To which, to which, J- Jeremy reads and is like, "It's fantastic! You're such a good writer! Like, you're gonna be the next big thing." He's like, he's very sweet to her, and he, they have sex, of course, and he proposes after they bang mm-hmm. and obviously she accepts, but we also find out that this is also the day Verity conceives the twins. Oh, so, yes. So I'm going in between like three different sets of notes. <laughs> <laughs> so Lowen, this is the next day. Lowen gets a call from this apartment building that she applied to live at. And they tell her that her application's been rejected since she has this recent eviction notice and she begs on the phone. She's like, I can give you like a year's worth of rent mm-hmm. up front after like this week. Is there's anything I can do? And they're like, well, you could appeal, you know, for extenuating circumstances, which I think she would have a case for, honestly. Yeah. I think if she was like, Hey, listen, my mom was had cancer. I was taking care of her the, for the last couple weeks years or months. I can't remember which one it is. Yeah. I, I feel like that is the definition of an extenuating circumstance. But yeah. She doesn't have to worry about this because when she gets off the phone, she sees that Jeremy is standing there and has clearly overheard this conversation. Oh, that's not...
0: That just makes me, like, creeped out. I just imagine her clicking the phone up, looking up, and he's just standing in the doorway staring at her. And, just, and he's just, she just goes, Oh! Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. so don't love that.
1: Yeah. So... Jeremy offers to let her stay with them until she gets her advance, which Lowen accepts because now that she's there, she kind of sees that there's a lot more to go through than she had originally realized. Mm-hmm. So she agrees to stay for two extra weeks, which in my notes I, I wrote, this is going to get so good. She's staying for another two weeks. <laughs> the drama that's going to ensue. <laughs>
0: And you know that's
1: what we love. Right. So, later in the day, Jeremy and Crew and Loan are all outside. I believe Jeremy and Lo- and Crew are fixing up this dock or taking apart this dock that they have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Loan sees Crew wave to his mother's window. But when she glances at the window, she thinks she sees the curtain move, but doesn't see Verity there. And so oh, no. she starts... She starts having these doubts that maybe Verity isn't as comatose as she seems, but she's also like, that's like impossible. Verity seems so out of it. I don't know how you could keep that up for yeah this long so perfectly. And
0: why would she? Right.
1: So Lowen goes to Verity ro- Verity's room to check things out and sees that a fan is on, which is what she she assumes made the curtain move. So mm-hmm. she's like, all right, I got to chill out. Like, this is ridiculous. I'm mm-hmm. being crazy.
0: I'm not on the board game clue.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Literally. Cause the house is huge too. So that would really make sense. So we, you we also like learn, not learn, but we also find out that Loan is kind of starting to have a crush on Jeremy to which I was like, girl now is not the time. I know he's gorgeous, but this is a bad idea. He is married.
0: Yeah. Sis, get keep it in your pants.
1: Right. I also wrote in my notes that I thought I'm like very. I don't buy this whole thing with Verity being comatose. I think she's fine. So keep that in mind. That was my my one of my next predictions. Oh, can I make a new prediction? Yes. So yes. Yeah. Go ahead. So she,
0: Lowen and Jeremy start fucking, and you find out that you're right that verity is not comatose um mm-hmm. she finds out that the two of them are canoodling and she kills loen and her right husband. i think i it's it funny it because i web. have right i actually
1: have like a prediction kind of like that in here which i'll get into later but our minds were on the same wavelength here
0: i mean you pretend like that's not surprising that we both think the same
1: you know, that's so true. Also, I was like, this is going to be such a good book for Francesca because there's so many different theories that you can make.
0: I know. It's so much fun. I'd love to speculate. <laughs> <clears throat> so also when
1: Lowen goes up there, but the nurse left while they were out there, and she mentioned that she had left the TV on for Verity. When Lowen goes up there and checks, the TV is, is off. It is not on. It's uh-huh. off.
0: Dun, dun. Don't, no I don't okay. trust it. No, it'd be so funny if this was all just a practical joke on, like, her. like <laughs> a very elaborate, like, yeah. they all schemed. Okay, I'm going to tell her that I turned the TV on, and then she's going go to go out there, and it's not going to be on. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious.
1: <laughs> it would be interesting. We are now in the third chapter of the autobiography, so we're going back to that. After okay. Verity learns that she's pregnant, Jeremy is, like, over the moon. He is so excited for them, and... Verity, not so much. I'm not surprised. Yeah, so they soon learn that it's twins. And the only thing Verity can think about is that she is worried about what it's going to do to her body, which is, like, all sorts of internalized, like, it's a lot of internalized fat phobia.
0: Yeah. Don't know how I feel about that.
1: Right. It's a lot of internalized pet phobia for sure. And she's very obvi- already very jealous of her babies taking Jeremy's attention, which Ooh. I'm like, this okay, is not good. Not her. It's like very, like I find Verity such an interesting character. I just think it's such an interesting way to write like a woman that mm-hmm. people don't usually write women as. So she is very jealous of the babies for taking Jeremy's attention already and has already had, like no attachment to them. She's like unattached. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm already feel bad for both of these twins. And one day Verity asks Jeremy if he loves the twins more than her. Oh honey. And he, she like presses him to answer and he like tries to be like, no, I love you guys differently, which is so yeah. true. I'm sure. Which I don't he should. Have kids. It would be very right. weird
0: if he loved his daughters the same way he loves his wife. Right.
1: And after she starts, like, pressing him more, he admits, like, yeah, I I love them more, I guess. Which, like, I think is very sweet and kind of, like, I would not know, wholesome. No,
0: you know what that makes me think of? It makes mm-hmm. me think of that an interview Ryan Gosling, uh, not Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds did, where he's like, I loved my wife, I would do anything for her. And then we had these kids, and I'm fully prepared to use her as a human shield to protect <laughs> them. And I was, that just, like, reminds me of that. that that is
1: very like the energy jeremy is giving off like with these with the daughter with the kids i should say all three of them so after saying like yeah i i guess i do love the twins like a little more than you he says their love is conditional but his love for the twins aren't which like that is that's very i feel like accurate to how it feels to like have kids and yeah so after he says this trigger warning trigger warning trigger warning this is very triggering She uses a coat hanger in hopes of doing... Oh, my God. Yeah, a homemade abortion
0: and hoping for a miscarriage. Yeah. Don't like that. I don't like that. So
1: my new theory now at this point in the book is that uh, Variety killed the twins because she clearly does not like them.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, Also, I wrote that, okay, wow, this book is trigger central. (laughs) Because I was like, wow, that is a graphic um, a graphic scene there, Miss Colleen Hoover. So Lowen is horrified about what she's read and starts wondering what actually happened to these two girls. Like, what is the actual truth? So Lowen decides to go to the kitchen to get something to drink and see, meets Jeremy out there. And he asks if something's wrong, but she's like, no, it's fine, because obviously he clearly probably does not know about this manuscript if he he did he probably would have said something mm-hmm. and so lowen notices the photos of two girls hanging up in their hallway i'm assuming and sh- it shows that harper rarely smiles and that chaston has a scar on her cheek which lowen wonders if if this is a, a like a result of verity's like attempt we also find out here that harper has autism. So, Aww, poor that's, baby. well, not poor yeah. baby,
0: but like, I'm sorry that poor baby, that's your mother.
1: Okay, so, so yeah, so we find out that Harper has autism, and that's part of the reason why she doesn't smile as much in her pictures. Um, which I'm just gonna let that one go. <laughs> um, that's very autism Jer- speaks of you. <laughs> I'm just gonna let that one go. I have my own opinions, but they really don't matter because I'm not autistic. So, um,
0: so... A girl that keeps her opinions to herself. Never met one. That's (laughs) right. Mood. So, very... Sorry,
1: Lowen asks about the scar, and Jeremy says she was born with it, and that they had assumed it was, like, from some sort of tissue or something. Mm -hmm. Or that maybe Chasten... Or that... Sorry, Chaston's the one with the scar. So they said maybe Harper was the one who scratched Chaston in the womb and like caused the scar.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. obviously with twins, there's very little room. So yeah. J- when Lowen asks this, and I'm she's sorry, like, very, "There's very
0: little womb."
1: Ha ha. But um. Thank you. I'll be here all week. So as they're talking about this, Jeremy takes Lowen's hand and asks about the scar on her palm, which she pulls back and is kind of like, doesn't want him to ask about it. But she also is like, wow, he's so hot. I want to bang him.
0: (laughs) That's great. Right. So
1: she like, doesn't give him an answer about how she got the scar, but she thinks about like the real reason. And it's because she got it while she was sleepwalking many years ago when she was a child, even though she was sure she locked the door to prevent herself from leaving but one woken but one day morning she'd woken up and was bleeding with a broken wrist. So Ooh. she's like so that's like very creepy to me.
0: A sleepwalker. That's that's a new layer.
1: Right. So now I have a new theory that Jay Jeremy is the one who wrote all of this autobiography. That was that's that was my new theory after. Oh. I'm still that like I don't know. That could
0: be very gone
1: girl of him. Right? I was like, I don't know. I just don't trust him because he's a man.
0: <laughs> Fair. Right? To be clear, we are not man-haters, but you men-, men have not given us a reason to trust them. No, they haven't. They're horrible. There are three men that I trust in this world. My dad, Bernie Sanders, and Chris Evans. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so, the next day
1: not a lot happens. Verity decides to, or sorry, Lowen decides to put a pause on reading Verity's manuscript because it's obviously very disturbing and mm. distracting. So she starts reading the other books that she's actually supposed to be writing in the, like, she write, is reading the series because mm-hmm. she still has not read them all. And she gets through like two of them and Meanwhile, a press release goes out announcing her as the new co-author of Verity's book series. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the next day or later that day. I'm sorry. I'm really horrible with timelines like that. But Lowen s- hears Cruz scream from upstairs and goes up there to see that he's cut himself with a knife, but... When she leaves him in the bathroom with Jeremy, because he obviously also heard him and rushes upstairs, mm-hmm. Lowen goes back to Verity's room, because that's where he is, or he was when she found him, and cannot find this knife. Like, it's nowhere to be found. But she saw it when she went up there.
0: Okay, so this is going to be really, like... I don't know how to say it, but it's bad. Um, can't I know Verity's, like, comatose, so, like... She's not going to notice, but, like, can't she, like, feel around under her and see if the knife is hidden underneath Verity's body? Because that's suspicious. It that's is suspicious.
1: Weird. It is suspicious. And the other suspicious thing is, is when she goes up there, Crew tells Lowen, Mommy said I'm not supposed to touch her knife. Lowen is like, Crew, can your mom talk to you? And Crew just, like, starts working himself up to a state because he's, like, cut himself, like, on like the the neck, kind of like the chin, you know, oh. on the face, I guess. But oh,
0: yeah, what is so, with these children and face scars?
1: I know. So even creepier when Loan is back in the Verity's bedroom, Verity is staring straight at her. Oh, and fuck when... no.
0: Oh, oh. fuck no.
1: Right. And it, as her eyes are like following her, even like as she's no. getting up from searching on the ground.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not like the Mona Lisa absolutely not gtfo right
1: so then we cut to the next chapter of the autobiography and this chapter starts off with the most bone-chilling sentence i've i think i've ever read it's they were determined to live i'll give them that about her uh. yeah like this this woman is legitimately evil She's, like, she tried to throw herself off some stairs. She would drink oh while she was pregnant. God. It's, like, not good. She really did not want to have these kids, let me tell you. So she did it. Cool. Light. So when the twins are born, they're healthy, though one has a scratch on her cheek. And Verity tries to make it look like she loves them the way Jeremy does. But she has no attachment to them. Like, she's like, whatever. I really don't care. And when the nurse asks her if she'll be breastfeeding, Verity is like, no, because it'll ruin my boobs.
0: Are you kidding? No, they make your boobs fantastic. So much bigger. But that's just...
1: For some people, that's not fantastic. Francesca.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. Sorry, trigger.
1: (laughs) So she says no and then, like, tries it, and she's like, I hate it. So she... And d- like decides to bottle feed it F- be- sorry bottle feed them and jeremy is like yeah makes the nurse like L- drop it he's like she doesn't want to do it leave her alone
0: i mean to be fair it's not for everybody it's definitely a personal choice but in this case it's just yes. bitchy terrible mothering on that's, her part
1: that's the whole thing because like at first i was like well like you don't have to breastfeed your baby. Like you can choose to formula feed. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But like the way that she's just like, no, I don't want to do that. Cause it's going to ruin my boobs. Yeah.
0: It's a selfish reason. It's not because
1: right. It's for, and it's like, like, yeah. And it's also like, she already doesn't care about them. Yeah. Like it's those things combined. Like if you don't want to feed, if you don't want to breastfeed, cause you don't want your boobs to be ruined. Like that's fine. But like to already not be attached to your kid because you hate them and you've already tried to kill them in the womb several times. Yeah. And then also are like, I'm not breastfeeding you because I don't want my boobs to get ruined. Like that is when we have problems here, ma'am. Yeah. So we like, that's the end of that chapter. And we go back to Lowen who's talking to Jeremy and Loan asks Jeremy how he's been dealing with all these losses and he says that his world has ended after the twins both died. And then when Verity had her accident and he's felt very angry towards Verity for the accident, which I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this because I understand because you're just angry at the world, you know? Yeah. And I feel like anger is a justifiable emotion to feel at that situation. Yeah. Even though, but I'm also like, but is he angry? like That she didn't die? yes exactly so i'm like oh i don't know how to feel about this and that's what makes like this book so like interesting to me Mm -hmm. so they're going through family photos while they're doing this in verity's office and crew walks in and sees the box of photos and gets like super pissed saying that he doesn't want to see the pictures which i'm like okay what is up with this kid like i don't know
0: i don't understand
1: I then have a bunch of notes about how flirty they are during these interactions mm-hmm. and how Jeremy very much like plays into it. And is putting his hand on Lowen's back. Nope. Yeah. And, and they, they're just playing house basically, yeah. which like Lowen especially is, is like leaning into this. I'm like, girl, you should just don't stop. He's married. Don't play house with him. Like, yeah. what, what the fuck is going on? So Lowen is now reading the next chapter of this lovely manuscript. So the twins have, are now home. It's been, I think, a couple months. Verity is exhausted and they're unable to afford a nanny since she'd only received a very small advance for her book, which is, her, I think, her first one, which that adds up. That's very correct. Yeah. Love to see some accurate publishing information in <laughs> books
0: for once. Right. Now if the and movies could reflect that, we'd be literally
1: tell me about it. So, once so Verity is not very good at this whole mothering thing clearly, once she like basically waits for Jeremy to return home to let him take care of the babies, and Verity will literally let them cry during the day while she sleeps.
0: Oh. Oh my god. I mean, granted, right. sometimes it's okay to just let the baby cry. Like, let them cry, nap. but
1: all day? Yeah, but
0: like, this is, no, no, this is not. This okay.
1: is, like, unhinged level of shit. So, she would only get up and take care, she would only get up and get take care of them right before Jeremy is set to come home. And all Verity really cares about is when she can have sex next with Jeremy because she doesn't care about her kids and only cares about getting Dick down and about (sighs) Jeremy's attention. (laughs)
0: Phrasing. Yeah.
1: So uh, after reading more of this manuscript, Lowen starts to realize that Verity is literally like a psychopath or a sociopath.
0: Whichever one doesn't have empathy. Right. I took... Psychology, three, three or four years of college, couldn't tell you the difference, right. And we also find out in this chapter that Jeremy used to work in a
1: realty firm before Verity made it really big, and when she got pregnant with Crew, is when he stopped working because he didn't really need to anymore, and so mm-hmm. he kind of became like stay at home dad, and. That night, of course, Lowen is still infatuated with him. She Lowen puts on Jeremy's shirts, one of Jeremy's shirts from the closet, and imagines like banging him in the bed.
0: Oh, uh, whoa,
1: ma'am. Yes, and now this next chapter is so creepy. Lowen wakes up and realizes that she has sleepwalked into Verity's bed, and is sleeping in the same bed as her.
0: What the fuck? No, no. Yes. No.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm. So this is the part in the book where I'm like, wow, they're all crazy. Like they're all doing some shit that I, I yeah. just know. I just know it. I feel it in my bones. So Lowen wakes up and like stifles a scream and tries to sneak back into her room. But she runs into Jeremy on her way back because I think he kind of heard the commotion because she did not stifle the scream very well. <laughs> <laughs> and Lowen breaks down and tells him the truth about what happened with her hand that she got the scar when she was 10 when she had climbed onto the railing on her front porch and stood there for an hour, and then she jumped off the railing and hurt her wrist and hand. And she knows this because they had cameras and they watched the footage. And so they watched her do this, which is oh, so that's creepy.
0: Creepy, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so she didn't realize any of this, obviously, and woke up the next morning with no recollection of how, you know, she hurt herself. Mm-hmm. And after. This, her mom made her go away to, like, a mental hospital of some sort. What the fuck? A psych ward. I don't know. And then when she came back, her mom was super distant and, like, treated her like crap. Like, she moved down the hall away from her and installed, like, locks on the door because she was, like, scared of her own daughter.
0: Um, ma'am? Yeah, I don't- I'm not a fan of that. I don't get it. She was just sleepwalking. Relax. She's not- Possessed by the devil. Literally. So
1: Jeremy ends up staying with Lowen until she falls asleep again. And in the morning, he asks her if she would feel safer with a lock on the outside of the door. That way he could lock it or, and unlock it.
0: Uh uh-uh, uh. Nope. Mm-hmm. Ma'am. And get and out of there. Knew, and,
1: and she would know she couldn't get out because this is like freaking her out because she's scared she's going to hurt them with her sleepwalking. No nope. um, get out of there, ma'am Lo Loen is like mm, I don't know, but then is like actually I think I would just have a lot of peace of mind if I do that So they go ahead and do that. So now cool. we're in chapter six of this autobiography, Verity's autobiography and we find out that when the girls were six months old, Verity has this vivid nightmare where she dreams that the twins are eight or nine and she watches Harper like smother Chastin with a pillow and when Verity awakes when Verity wakes up she's convinced that this was like a premonition and realizes that she feels emotion for Chastin and is like kind yeah. of attached to Chastin now later on in the night she hears crying and Verity goes to soothe that like soothe them because she thinks it's Chastin, but it's met with its with, met with Harper's cries and is disgusted and starts uh. wo- and starts thinking I could prevent Chastin from dying if I just took Harper out now, you know, just like, yeah. And so she starts choking Harper, like sticking her fingers down her throat and like trying to make it look like she asphyxiated during the night. But Jeremy interrupts that plan And she doesn't, she doesn't follow through. So now I am like convinced that Verity killed Harper at least. Yeah. So after reading this, Loan is even more just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this Mm -hmm. is crazy. She skims the next few chapters and notices that Verity mostly writes about Chastin and stops mentioning Harper. Previously to this, it was just the twins, and now it's just Chastin. Like, she does not mention Harper at all, almost.
0: Mm. This is making me feel gross.
1: Yeah, it's not not great. So, Loan goes and has dinner with Jeremy, which is margaritas and tacos, which... A little jealous. That sounds great.
0: I know, right? I'm always down for a good margarita.
1: Yeah, always down for a good marg. Uh, over dinner, Jeremy tells Lowen that they bought the house that they're currently in when the girls were about three, and that at some point he plans to go back to to work, but he's just waiting for the right time with crew and everything. He doesn't want to like just leave him like that. Mm-hmm. And he also tells her that he grew up on an alpaca farm in New York, which fun fact there used to be an alpaca farm by me as a kid so love that So maybe you were neighbors maybe I hope not because I don't trust this man but (laughs) they then talk about Verdi's parents a little bit who are super like ultra religious and Mm. acted like she was denouncing her religion because she was writing thriller novels which I find like that is some next level, ultra religious, shit. In my yeah. opinion. Um, Jeremy also asks Loan if he if she thinks she he should put Crew back in therapy. Yes, because he was doing it, and then he like wasn't sure if it was the right move because he didn't want to make Crew relive the trauma all the time. Which I understand the sentiment.
0: But tough to put your kid in therapy. That's Lohan-
1: it, Lowen. But Lowen, well, but also you got to talk about like what strategy, like you have to have, know you have a good therapist because yeah. yeah, you shouldn't be re confront like reliving trauma every time you go to therapy. But, um, I digress. Lowen tells him, yeah, you should put him back because therapy was like the best thing that ever happened for me. And so, before he locks her in for the night, they. They um, are talking, and Jeremy tells Lowen that he lied about reading Verity—that lied about Verity reading Lowen's book. It was him who read it and loved it, and suggested oh, no. her name to the publisher. Which, in the context, it's kind of sweet because Lowen had previously talked about how no one has ever loved her works like people loved Verity's. Like she def- doesn't get like praise. Uh, re- she doesn't get readers like writing her emails, being like, you know the the uh, validation you know she doesn't yeah. get a lot of it and so it's like kind of sweet but now reading that sentence I'm like hmm, that's a little creepy a little weird yeah I feel like if you would have just said that outright in the first place like we wouldn't have had a problem here yeah I mean, but it's a lying very, yeah it's a lying for me so. Now I believe we've fast-forwarded a couple years. We're in the autobiography now. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I I should have said that. We've fast-forwarded a couple years. Verity's books are doing great. She enrolls the girls in daycare and hiring a nanny because they've now moved to Vermont. Jeremy is super upset because Verity had enrolled them in daycare without discussing this with him. Yeah. Which, that is not great. Like, you can't just enroll your kids in daycare without discussing that with your partner yeah especially like i would want to personally vet the daycare you're sending them to yeah so jeremy's really or verity assumes he's upset because he doesn't want the daycare to be careless about chaston's peanut allergy which is what ultimately like was the allergy who sent her into anaphylactic shock and killed her Mm -hmm. um but this is not the case because when she finally confronts him about being like upset and pissy, he says that he's upset that she talks about Chastain constantly and never seems to care about Harper at all. And never talks about Harper and tells her, tells him about what Harper is doing or what milestones she's hitting,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which Verity easily flips it around on him and manipulates him and talks him down about it. And this is when she mentions that one of Harper's teachers said she might have autism and she successfully manipulates him into thinking that he's, the like, one. he's blown this out of proportion because she tells him that she's pregnant and that, and she had prepared this, like, nice meal for them and stuff and worn, like, lingerie, and she assumes, like, oh, she was doing this all to, like, make a nice night to tell me that she was pregnant, but really Verity only did that because she wanted to bang Jeremy and have sex, and she's not pregnant at all.
0: Uh-oh, spaghetti.
1: Yeah, and so she's she'll they obviously bang all night and Verity's like, "Well, if I don't get pregnant, miscarriages are easy to fake." So, whatever.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. Mhm. So, Lowen skips or sorry, Lowen skims through the next couple of chapters which basically only describes her sex life with Jeremy with brief mentions about crew the youngest yeah and by this point lowen has been there for almost two weeks and she's pretty much done all she can do in verity's office so she takes a break to watch some some television and jeremy joins her on the couch and this is when we find out lowen's birthday is the next day to which mm-hmm. jeremy is like oh my gosh it's your birthday why didn't you tell me and make sure a cake and, which is very cute. Like, he's very sweet. There, I really am being a little too hard on him because he's not as creepy as you would think. Yeah. He is very caring about the children, like, obviously cares about them so much. He obviously cared about the twins so much and was, like, such a great dad. Very, like, not absentee parent at all. <laughs> but he's a man, so, therefore... He got five points deducted. <laughs> exactly. So... That night after crew is in bed, Lowen and Jeremy get to talking and they start banging, <clears throat> of course. Or they start like making out, I guess. And while they're making out heavily, Lowen looks up and sees Verity standing at the top of the stairs.
0: Hell no, 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 goodbye.
1: What? Yeah. Yeah, what? yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she freaks out and, like, tells, like, insists that Jeremy go look. And Jeremy's like, that's impossible. He can't, she can't move. And, but Lowen is insisting that he goes check on her. And when they get to Verity's room, she, they see that Verity's asleep in her bed. And Lowen is like, I don't know. No. She's like, I don't fucking believe this bitch. Like,
0: yeah. Absolutely. I wouldn't either.
1: Right. So. When Lowen wakes up the next morning, she is doubtful of herself. She's like, "Maybe I just like
0: imagined that?" No, you didn't. She,
1: yeah, but she's like also like I've started to feel like I need to show Jeremy this manuscript because she is a terrible person. Yeah. So, we are now on chapter 13 of the autobiography, so we've skipped a couple chapters here. Verity is now has become pregnant with Crew within 2 weeks of lying about it. <clears throat> We love it. And now they have a full time nanny and Jeremy staying home full time as well. Which, wow, that is some rich people shit to have a nanny and a parent staying home 24 7. Wow. So as time goes on, Verity gets busy with book tours and whatnot. But she's happy that when she returns from these engagements, Jeremy is always super enthusiastic and. like, spends a lot of attention on her because, obviously, he missed her while she was gone. Yeah. So now she starts leaving occasionally for work trips, but they're not work trips. She's just leaving, so then when she comes home, she gets all of his attention.
0: Oh, you stupid bitch. Yeah, she's... she's, You slimy, slimy dog. Yeah, she's just acting like a child, in my opinion. Yeah, really. No, I agree.
1: Yeah, so... Then, this is now the day that Chasten died. Verity recounts that she was washing raw chicken that day. And, yeah, for some reason, like, this is, like, a very, like, point that she fixates on. I think because she didn't make dinner often. She hated cooking. Yeah. And so she talks about how she was washing raw chicken that day when they get the call about Chasten, who was sleeping over at her friend's Maria's house and was found unresponsive the next morning by... Maria's mom. And when they get to the hospital, they learn she's already been dead. And they find out that Chasten Harper and Maria had decided to grab a late night snack and no one had thought anything was wrong, but Chasten hadn't woken up the next morning. And this parent that they were staying at the house of Maria's mom, Mm -hmm. she always made sure to put like anything with nuts, like high out of reach so that, like, Chastin wasn't around them. And, but, like, kids are gonna find shit. Like, if that's a the sucky part. It,
0: well, they're gonna find it.
1: Right, like, when they got these snacks, they didn't know they had peanuts in them, but, like, it just sucks, because it's not her kid, so, like, she shouldn't have to throw away everything that's peanuts in the house Yeah, for this one kid who's not even her kid to come over. She did do, like, the right thing, like, put it away out of mm-hmm. reach, so then Chastin, would, like, couldn't, get to it or couldn't would be in contact with it, but you know, kids do shit. So
0: it's kids sucks. cannot be trusted in that regard. <laughs> right. So
1: Verity suspects Harper did something to Chasten because of this dream that she had when they were six months old and doesn't believe that Harper didn't know that they had peanuts in them. So she basically like is accusing Harper of like Yo, knowingly eight years
0: old. What the literally.
1: Fuck? Yeah. And she like Thinks about how she wishes she would have killed Harper before this could have happened. I'm like, oh wow, you are wow,
0: ma'am. That is your kid. Yep. Mhm. That is your so, uh, child.
1: So Lowen. So that's the end of that chapter. We're back in present where Lowen is at the house. Lowen continues to wonder if Verity is faking these injuries. Like she is so suspicious, mm-hmm. and she she thinks about she she wonders if Verity just trained herself not to react to things. And she starts like doing things to try to get a rise out of Verity. Say like throwing, like making loud noises, throwing things like by her to see if she'll flinch. And then mm-hmm. she says something to Verity about how she's going to have, she's going to fuck Jeremy in her bed tonight like, she's like, I'm gonna fuck your husband in your bed tonight, and it's gonna be great, or something like that. And I'm like, girl, this girl's gonna kill you, because she's clearly so jealous. Yeah. She clearly only wants Jeremy to have attention for her, so why would you... If you think she's not You're making yourself a target! I know. I was like, I don't like this. So, Loan does end up fucking Jeremy that night, and they have sex in their bed, and... It's, I I was not a fan of this. I was like, Lowen, this is a bad decision. I don't know why you're doing this. You are tempting. Girl, fate. we cannot support
0: you in this decision.
1: I really can't. I really, really can't. So the next morning, they wake up. Jeremy was not supposed to fall asleep there because he didn't want crew to wake up and find that he wasn't upstairs and mm-hmm. freak out. So, but they, they wake up. Jeremy admits that he's starting to feel feelings for Lowen. And when they try to leave, they find out the door is locked, locked from the outside. Yeah. And Lowen like starts like kind of freaking out and is like, Verity did it. And she took crew. Like she's like, she's, she's gone. And so Jeremy kicks out the window and gets, unlocks the door, like goes around and unlocks the door. And when they come out, they find both crew and Verity asleep in their beds. So who, who locked, locked the, the door?
0: door? Okay. Prediction time, I think this is the nurse setting all of this up. Ooh, I didn't have that in my prediction. I think the nurse is like watching and she has feelings for Jeremy and is very mad that suddenly Lowen is there and getting all of her attention or all of his attention and she wants it back. Right. So I think she's doing all this shit to fuck with her.
1: We are now on the next chapter of the autobiography, chapter 14. Six months after Chasten's death, Verity confronts Harper about why she doesn't seem upset about it. To which Harper insists that she does care, but Verity doesn't believe her. And I very much believe Harper because that is such a prevalent thing in the, like with people who, who are autistic Mm -hmm. is like feeling empathy is very hard for them.
0: Yeah.
1: For not not all of them, but some people with autism, like that's a very common thing. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to, to feel empathy. Like, So, I feel so bad for Harper because she's getting, like, harassed for not showing emotion how she should, quote-unquote. So, I just, like, I don't know, I just want to wrap Harper up in a blanket. I feel so bad for her. (laughs) So, she, Harper ends up storming upstairs, upset, because her mom's accosting her. And (laughs) Jeremy suggests that Verity take the kids to go out by the lake while he shops for groceries. And Verity... Ends up agreeing and being like, fine, I'll take them out. I haven't really been doing anything lately. I've not been writing because she's so depressed about Chastin's death. And then she's not been playing with them because she hates them. So.
0: <laughs> Sorry. That's not so, funny, but it's, it's, it's a little funny.
1: But it, it's a little funny because it's like, it's so ridiculous. She's like, yeah, yeah, I hate, I hate my kids, but I still had them. So whatever.
0: I did it to trap my husband. Aren't I just the cutest?
1: yeah seriously so they go down to the lake and Verity ends up getting them into the canoe crew in the middle Harper in the front Verity in the back Harper is thrilled to be going on this boat so is crew like they just love the water Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and as soon as they get far enough out into this lake Verity tells crew to hold his breath and then purposely capsizes the Mm -hmm. boat it only saves crew. So she did She did kill Harper.
0: That's suspicious, though. Like, for her to write that in her autobiography, like...
1: But she admitted to trying to kill them in the womb and trying to smother Harper earlier.
0: Yeah, but, like, mm, that's, like, fishy to me. Because why would she write that in a... Mi- like, why would she, like, confess to murder and... A manuscript like that's that's suspicious. I don't know. Well, so the
1: the manuscript is printed out. It's not like an electronic copy because mm. it's like clearly it's been deleted. So this could so just who be knows who wrote right, it. Right,
0: right. That that's who, kind of what I was getting. Who at,
1: but... who knows who wrote it, but also like we know who maybe, wrote it. but maybe like she is. You know, she's just writing down all these feelings, I mean, you know, I think it's plausible that she was just like, I mean, this is my autobiography, I don't care. Also, another thing that adds on to this that I didn't mention, because I, I forgot, her books are all written from the villain's point of view. Okay, that's cool, not gonna lie. It is a cool concept, but, like, everyone comments about how, like, well she does it. Like, she really, under. it's almost as if she, like, understands that, like... Viewpoint. So that's why I'm like okay, yeah, did she write it? Because she could have. If you're writing these villainous books and like can get into the mindset of that so well, it's a little suspicious in my
0: opinion. Yeah, no. Definitely suspicious
1: So Verity is then saves crew and starts swimming them back to shore. Meanwhile, Crew is, like, screaming for Verity to go and help Harper. Crew, or sorry, Verity realizes that Crew could mess this whole thing up for her and tells him, realizes she has to look like she's, like, panicking and, like, wants to save Harper. Mm-hmm. And she tells Crew to run back into the house to call Jeremy. Verity then slowly swims back out so she can pretend to be saving Harper. How uh, was is the,
0: Crew supposed to be?
1: He's uh, this was 6 months ago. So he's either oh, still okay, 5 right, right, or right. So 4. Oh, be 5, yeah. Yeah, 5 or 4 depending on, you know, when his birthday was. Yeah. So she starts swimming out to pretend like she's saving Harper from the police and Jeremy shows show up. Harper is found dead and Jeremy is obviously even more like heartbroken.
0: Mhm.
1: Part of the reason she does this also it's mentioned is that She's, like, upset with Jeremy about how hard he's taking Chasten's death. And she's, like, well, maybe if Harper dies, like, for some reason in her, like, their sick twisted mind, it's, like, oh, maybe that'll, like, kick him out of it or something. I don't know. It's very bizarre. Like, that's
0: just gonna make it worse, but sure, Jan, go off, I guess.
1: Literally. So... Jeremy, we're now in present day. Jeremy figures out that if you close the door, the door hard enough, it's possible for the outside door to the outside lock on Lowen's room to accidentally lock in place, which mm-hmm. is what he he thinks happened the night before. Mm-hmm. He's he's also said that he's contacted a nursing facility and arranged for Verity to be, Verity to be taken there more of the time and brought home like three weekends a month, which Lowen had suggested earlier because she's like this isn't fair for for you or crew. To like live your lives like this because they don't leave the house because of verity,
0: yeah. It's
1: like a it's a intensive care like to have a a family member like that, yeah. Long term like if it's like oh we know that they're they're only they only have like six months to live or something like yeah let let's make them comfortable. But if this is gonna be like the rest of their life, you need yeah. more support than what they're currently having, in my opinion.
0: Yeah,
1: and plus so... that is just
0: gonna psychologically like be hard for crew in the future to like walk past that room every day and know like that's where his mother like was living or died like you just don't that like that he's always gonna have that association with the house that this is where my mother was like sick and died and i don't right. know i just i think that's and, not good for a right kid.
1: that's that's another thing that lowen bring brought up brings up to jeremy she's like i think you guys should move because it can't be good for crew to be staying in this home where his two sisters died and then his mom became like incapacitated mm-hmm. so but he doesn't really want to leave because he's like then i'm leaving like their memory so you know it's a yeah. lot of a lot of you know trauma <laughs> So, Loen then, like, debates whether or not she should show him the manuscript, but ends up deciding to not in order to protect him because she's like, oh, he's gone through so much. I personally would show him the manuscript just to see his reaction, A. Yeah. B, also, like, if she actually did this, like, he deserves to know that she killed his daughter.
0: Yeah. I, I also think, like, that's also a sign that the manuscript might be bullshit because if she showed it to him now, then he can turn around and debunk everything in it. Like, about their early lives, so if- Like like, was Like, if nothing, say, like, um, he was, like, reading it, and he's like, no, that didn't happen, whatever, it could completely collapse in on itself on anything that she wrote in the book, so if they solve that problem now, if she, like, shows him the manuscript now, then you're not gonna have that narrative, her narrative, narrative throughout. That's why it's giving me Gone Girl.
1: It is very Gone Girl-esque. Um, although I, I don't think that would be like a problem because the book, the uh, manuscript, I don't know. It's like very interesting. It paints him in like in a decent light. Like, I mean, they have fights and they talk about how he, the book talks about how he kind of has like a bit of like, not a huge anger issue, but he gets like upset obviously Mm -hmm. and like is kind of petty and will do like silent treatments and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like he has already kind of confirmed things that were in the book, like the scar, she talks about the red dress that they met and that they met at a charity ball. Mm-hmm. So it's like the story does is adding up in some ways. Like we, we know that this isn't bullshit. Like it's not just okay. for I was making it up.
0: something that's going to come out later on. That's why it's just a theory. We love, we love a good theory. We do. So, so
1: Lowen starts to wonder if through has more recollection about Harper's drowning, then he's letting on, and tries to have a conversation with Crew about about Verity to find out what he thinks happens the day in the canoe. Mm-hmm. And when she's asking him, he says, Crew says, and I quote, Mommy said, I shouldn't talk to you if you ask me questions about her. Yeah, this prompts Loan to ask him if his mom is ever pretend is ever pretends she can't talk, which causes him to bite down on the butter knife that he is like licking, I think the peanut butter off of. Oh. And so Lowen freaks out and calls for Jeremy when it's like drawing blood into his mouth. This obviously causes Jeremy to have to take crew in for stitches and tells Lowen to to stay there because someone has to watch Verity, to which I started freaking out. Cause I'm like, you can't leave her alone with Verity. Like Verity's going to kill her. We are back into the autobiography. After Harper's death, Verity is obviously interrogated by the police and even more so by Jeremy mm-hmm. and starts asking her why she told crew to hold his breath, why the kids were in life jackets. And uh, Verity tries to tell him that she said it as they were tipping and not before, but she knows that he's kind of like caught up like yeah. he, that he's kind of catching on and start. And then the book, her manuscript ends with her contemplating driving into a tree. So spaghetti. Oh, yeah, so in my notes I'm like if this man knew about Harper this whole time and didn't say anything to Lowen or like report it. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. I can't I can't take that. He's
0: part of it. He's part of it. So
1: Lowen ends up finding a video monitor for and installs it in Verity's room to try to track oh. if she moves at all.
0: Oh my god, I thought you meant like she found one her that was like tracking her and I was like, "Ma'am, get out." Could you imagine? So
1: Lowen finally finishes reading Verity's manuscript just as Jeremy returns from the hospital. And when Jeremy goes to take a shower, Lowen sees Verity getting out of bed and starts screaming for Jeremy to come see, which I'm like, are you stupid? Why are you screaming?
0: Yeah. Just hit, you videotape like, it
1: with your phone. Ex- exactly. Like, it's not like this is like in 2005, you have an iPhone. So of course, by the time Jeremy comes to see Verity has heard her scream for him and is back in bed lowen insists that verity is faking it but jeremy tells her it's impossible he's not convinced finally lowen shows him the manuscript and he and begs him to at least read the last two chapters it takes a bit for jeremy to read but then he marches into verity's room and demands that he she tell him the truth and at first she continues to pretend but jeremy is is done he's fed up He's like, I'm going to the police unless you drop this act. And finally, Verity gives gives it up. Finally,
0: I fucking knew it!
1: I know, right? It was so validating, let me tell you. So, <laughs> Jer- Jeremy is furious and starts attacking her and begins to strangle her, crushing her, her windpipe. However, Lowen talks him down and is like, you can't do that. Like, crew will not- won't have a father if you're being, like, convicted for murder. And instead of telling him, like, don't murder her, you have to, like, you have to just get the police, Lowen tells him that he needs to make it look like an accident. (laughs) That is, like, it's, like, the biggest plot twist of this whole book for me. I was, like, what? I was, what? I was with you there, but... We were rooting for you! We were all rooting for you! Literally. I was, like, has reading this manuscript fucked up your moral compass this much? (laughs) So Lowen is like, you need to make it look like vomit, so it'll it'll look like she choked on her own vomit and aspirated, and which is what they do, and she
0: dies. What? So like, what does Verity say when she comes out of it? Like, what happens when she? She's she's like, Jeremy, listen, you have to like let me explain, but like
1: Jeremy's obviously so incensed that she's been faking it this whole time, that he's like, pissed and just automatically goes to like strangle her. You don't hear what she's gonna say. And they, Jeremy and Lowen discuss, like, this, she died in bed. Like, we are not talking about this, like, ever again because mm-hmm. no one can find out. And they decide to go to bed and find her dead in the morning when they wake up.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yes. So, the last chapter is even more interesting because this is uh, seven months later. Lowen is pregnant from Jeremy and has had her outlines for the books approved and the first draft of the first novel completed and turned in. And she's due with this baby in two and a half months. Um, so she
0: got pregnant the first time they had something. Yeah. Beca-
1: yeah. Because they mentioned while they were banging like that sh- she, he didn't have a condom. She wasn't on the pill and he's like, I'll just pull out
0: which yeah. instantly,
1: which instantly I was like, she's going to get pregnant. Like I just <laughs> <need it. laughs> you can't trust, can't trust the pull out method kids. Nope. So Jeremy has now put the house up for sale and the three of them live in a new house on the beach in Southport, North Carolina. And they're going up to the, the old house to cr- clean the last of, of it all out mm-hmm. be- because Lowen wants to do it before she gets so pregnant. She is unable to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when they get there, crew remembers about how his mom used to keep stuff beneath the floor and races upstairs so Lowen goes after him to see, you know, what, what she possibly put under there, what else yeah. could be in there and finds that there was like a loose piece of flooring. And in there she finds the knife that went missing as well as a handwritten letter for Jeremy. And in the letter, Verity talks about how she planned to run away with crew and also recalls, um, hold on. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So she also recalls a conversation with her editor who had suggested that Verity try out this method called antagonistic journaling in order to help her get into the mindset of an evil character because she started plateauing in her writing after, like, while she was writing the series. So the point of this would be to write about her own experience as if she was an evil character. And Verity says that the more she did it, the better she got at writing. So, like, in case it's not clear, the manuscript by Verity that Lowen was reading, the So So Be It, I think it is, um, was a writing exercise and not a true reflection of Verity's thoughts and actions. Verity then goes into talking about how Jeremy ended up finding the journal entry about Harper, but the truth was that Harper's death was an accident She told crew to hold his breath as the canoe was tipping and focused on saving him because Harper was more comfortable in the water than crew. Crew is also smaller and younger. Mm -hmm. So I get that a hundred percent. Verity had written about, had written about it soon after in her antagonistic journaling, um, as a, as a way to process and deal with her own guilt over not being able to protect Harper and save her. However, she wasn't expecting Jeremy to find this, Mm -hmm. this writing exercise. And right after he found it, Jeremy grabbed her and choked her until she was unconscious without giving her a chance to explain. And when she woke up, she was bound and gagged in her car and he made it look like she had driven herself into a tree. I fucking knew it. So afterwards, Verity had pretended to be in a coma and continued to be in a coma until she figured out how to fix the situation. And she decided Decided to write him this letter to try to explain why she ran away with Crew, and she wrote this letter while Jeremy and Lowen were banging, and she is the one who went and locked the door from the outside. See, she
0: could have, she could have escaped
1: that night. Yeah, she could have, but she didn't for some reason. So after reading the the letter, Lowen is sick knowing that Verity was innocent. Beyond that, Lowen thinks about how Jeremy had already known about the manuscript even before Lowen showed it to him, which I'm pretty sure in the book, she they mentioned that it took, that Lowen is like, wow, Jeremy read that like kind of like faster than I anticipated. But like when I originally read that, I was like, he probably just skimmed it. You know, it's yeah. like a manuscript. You're not going to like sit there and read the whole thing. You're just going to like page through yeah. it, especially in like a heightened, like emotional state. But I was like, he only, he read it fast because he already knew what it fucking said. So yeah. she Lowen is worried that Jeremy might find out the truth, so she destroys Verity's love letter. However, even afterwards, Lowen wonders if maybe Ver- uh Verity was just being manipulative with her letter and doesn't know if the letter was the truth of or if her manuscript was the truth. And so, you're kind of left a little open-ended there. And that's wow. the end.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't know this was a long episode, but I was like, this book was, wow, something.
0: Yeah, that's very Gone Girl. Right?
1: It's, like, very twisty-turny. I was like, if Francesca predicts the ending of this, I am going to be high-key impressed. And like, I kind
0: of did. I said that it was. he set it up to make it look like she had a car accident.
1: Yeah, but it's, like, very twisty-turny how you even get there. Yeah. Like. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was really like.
0: Wow. hmm That was really good.
1: It made me think. I'm like, this is a book Francesca would read for sure. hmm For sure. It was crazy. But, yeah, that's the end. Um, my I have a bunch of friends who love Colleen Hoover. This is the first Colleen Hoover book I've ever read. I've been told I should read It Ends With Us for my next one of Colleen Hoover's books. So we'll see how that goes. I do, I don't particularly want to be scarred because I've heard that one is really sad. So <laughs>
0: maybe I'll read that one and then I'll do okay, it a good. Odd.
1: Right? We can tra- like so then I got traumatized by one of her books and then you can get traumatized by one of her books. Perfect.
0: And then we share, share the, the trauma. trauma exactly.
1: Oh my gosh! I can't. <laughs> I can't.
0: I really can't. Oh, on that note, yes. Um, you can find us. On Twitter and Instagram, at BookaholicsPod. You can find me on Twitter, at FranchToastix with an X. And on Instagram, at Francesca Hope. And where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Goodreads, Alicia Reads 13, or on Storygraph, Just
0: Alicia Reads. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye! <laughs>